Faith is believing, which is faith in action. Faith says I have the answer now. Not tomorrow, but right now. I believe I have it now. I have seen your love shine brighter than the sun. I have seen you change the world. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Huffman podcast from Lighthouse Church in Irvine, California. Pastor Scott is continuing to preach on faith. Today's message is Faith Sees the Answer. Opening scripture is 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, we've been teaching on the powerful subject of faith. I love to teach on faith. And you say, Pastor, why? Because the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. Once you get a hold of faith, you get a hold of victory. And another word for victory is success. Do you want to be successful? Now, you can go to the world's way to be successful. And they can promise you this and that. God's way is much more effective, much more powerful, much more lasting, much more satisfying. Amen? Jesus said, come unto me and drink, for out of your innermost being would flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke of the Holy Spirit. So how does faith work in the life of a believer in Jesus Christ? That's a good question. You know, faith will change your life forever. What can we compare with faith? I love this. Faith is like watching a sporting event that's already taken place. Anybody ever done that? Come on. You've watched a rerun. You already know who won, but you're still watching it. Now, why would you do that? Because you love your team. You know they've won. So now can you, you can do what? You can relax. Pass the lemonade, you know? No big deal. We're going to win this one. How do you know? Because it already happened. If you don't like sports, well, I'm sorry for that analogy. I like sports. I used to be an athlete. Notice I said used to. (laughs) I love the Lakers and the Dodgers. You say, what's that got to do with Orange County? Not a lot, but um, we grew up in L.A. County. And last night, guess what? They were both playing. And guess what? They both won. (laughs) You say, is that something to do with Christianity? No, but it was kind of fun to watch. (laughs) But how does faith relate to that? Well, in the faith realm, we already know the outcome. Did you know that? See, faith tells you about things in the future right now. And so as we walk by faith, we know about things that have already happened, and we know it in the now. God has showed me so many things that he would do in my life and my family and my church before they ever happened. And that's how faith works. And if you're true to God, you'll realize that most of it is like that. God reveals something to you through his word, through the Holy Spirit, and then you wait on him to bring it to pass. As we're going to see today, though, sometimes it doesn't happen today. Sometimes it doesn't happen tomorrow. Sometimes it doesn't happen in a year. I've waited 25 years for some things. Oh, Pastor, you're out there. Well, many people in the Bible waited a long time for God's promises to come to pass. God is faithful. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Has he spoken it? Will he not bring it to pass? God is faithful. You can stand on the word of God. We said that faith is a supernatural gift. Anybody like gifts? I love gifts. I love Christmas. Bring them over. Just pile them up right here. (laughs) Now, I I love to give gifts. I love to receive gifts. I, I love the whole idea of Christmas because it's all about blessing other people And Jesus said, you're more blessed to give than to receive. And Christmas really is about giving. And life is really about giving, isn't it? 
The more you give in life, the more what? You give back. That's just a principle of life that God instituted. But this supernatural gift, now, by the way, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you've never come to God. You say, what does that mean, Pastor? Well, I'm going to explain it. When I was 14 years old, I was down in Palm Springs, California. Anybody know where that is? It was during the time of the um, late 60s, early 70s. Actually, it was 1972. Most of you were just a thought in God's eyes. You weren't even born yet. I won't tell you what year I was born, but uh, let me just put it this way. When I was 12, we landed on the moon. Now, you go home and do your research. <laughs> That'll tell you how old I am. July 20th, 1969, we landed on the moon. By the way, we're going back to the moon. You know, they thought when we land on the moon, that'll show that there's life in other places. Guess what it showed? There's no life anywhere else. And they still say today, there's no life anywhere else. Now, some people believe that there's aliens and all that, but we've yet to prove life. This could be it, guys. We could be the only people alive in the universe. But guess who else is alive? God himself. Amen. And with you and God, it's a majority. All right. Praise God. But get, get, faith is a gift. So I go down to Palm Springs. We used to go as a family all the time for spring break. School was out. It was during the time of what we call the Jesus movement. It was also during a time of unrest. People were protesting the Vietnam War. You say, Vietnam War? Was that a war? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was in the late 60s, early 70s. Terrible blight in human history, or history for America. Um, we lost the war, and it was a terrible thing, and we lost many lives, tragically. So people were protesting the Vietnam War. There were these hippies walking around with beards and torn Levi's with holes in them, and they were saying peace, love, and dope, and that's the answer to life. And they were looking for answers, but they were looking for answers in all the wrong places. There's a movie out called The Jesus Revolution. Yes. It tells the story of uh, the Jesus movement. I saw that movement. I was there, okay? <laughs> you guys probably weren't born, but I was there. Maybe, Greg, you were there. Sorry to point you out again, Greg. Um, we witnessed a firsthand move of God. Well, during that time, I didn't know the Lord. I wasn't a Christian. I thought if you grow up in, in America, you're a Christian. I mean, everybody is, aren't they? And uh, if you own a Bible, you must be a Christian. But I'd never come into a personal relationship with Christ. So I go into this makeshift coffee house. I hear the gospel for the first time. The Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, you need to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And I was kind of nervous. What does that mean? And the guy uh, talked to me for a while, and he said, uh, let's pray. And so I confessed my sins, every sin that I could think of. I had quite a long list. <laughs> well, not that long. What can you do at age 14? I don't know. And uh, I began to cry and weep before the Lord. And the Holy Spirit came into my life. And I was made brand new. And I said, shoot, I'm a new person. I feel so clean on the inside. It looks like I took a bath on the inside. And I felt washed from all my wrongdoing and all my guilt. It just went away. And I walked out of that makeshift coffee house on a balmy night in Palm Springs, California, born again. Jesus said, you must be born again. You can't enter the kingdom of God unless you're born again. I was born again that night. And I forever was changed. And I became a child of God. You see, you don't become a child of God just being born uh, at birth. You have to have a second birth, a spiritual birth. You must come, into, come to Christ and receive him personally in your life. And soon after that, God said, son, <laughs> I've called you in the ministry. You're going to be my minister. You're going to preach my word. 
And you say, did it happen right away? No, it took uh, how many years, Marilyn? <laughs> Some 25 years later, God said, now you're ready. And I still am not ready. <laughs> We're never really ready, but I'm maybe a little more ready than I was before. <laughs> All right. But the truth is God gives you the gift of faith when you're born again. And if you've been born again today, you have faith. God's faith dwells in you. And that faith works supernatural things in your life. But a lot of Christians don't understand this. And they live in spiritual poverty when they can live in spiritual wealth and spiritual riches and experience the full blessing of God in his kingdom. Let's look at Mark 4.24, shall we? Go left where you were. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, if that helps. Love the Gospels. You say, Pastor, my, my Bible, I see some red stuff. <laughs> Wherever you see red in your Bible, that's the words of Jesus. Pay attention to those, okay? They do that on purpose. This is Jesus talking. So Mark 4, verse 25. Did you find it? Somebody. Are you out there? Are you awake? For whoever has, to him or her, what? More will be given. Who said that? Jesus. Um, but with the same measure you use it, it'll be measured to you. And he who has even a little, even that little bit, can be taken away from him. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And so Jesus here is saying that more can be given in your life. Do you want more? You know, do you want more of God in your life? Do you want more joy in your life? Love, peace, purpose, destiny? Come on, guys. Everybody wants more of those good things in your life. Jesus said you can have it. Now, some people say, I'm good with what I have. I don't need any more. Well, good for you. God bless you. I want more. I want to press into the things of God. I'm not satisfied with the status quo. I want more from God. And God says he'll give you more. Everybody say that. God will give me more. Say this, if I want it. Do you want it? Jesus said you can have it. But he said, if you have a little bit, even that could be taken from you if you were blasé and apathetic and you don't care. And you say, God, I'm more into this world, man. I'm into this. I'm totally into this world. I see all the riches and the sexual perversion and the drugs and the alcohol. That stuff's cool, man. That's what I want to check into, right? But this world is passing away, right? And you follow this world and you end up in a dung heap. You end up in a mess. You follow Christ and you're going to be blessed. Amen? And so you have to make a decision. Who are you going to follow today? If any man come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For he who loses his life will gain it. He who gains his life will lose it. When you give up your life for Christ, he gives you a new life that's so much better. He came to give us an abundant life. Pastor, you better check your watch. Thank you. Okay, well, we're not going too much longer. All right, praise God. But God wants to give you more in your life. The problem is many times, and I experienced this, I thought when you became a Christian, that was it. I've got my ticket to heaven. I'm good. And I didn't realize there's so much more. You could have more of a reality in your life right now. You know, the anointing was here today. Say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Does anybody know what the anointing is? If you know, lift your hand. <laughs> the anointing is the presence and power of God. You say, that was here this morning? Yeah, and it's still here. So, well, I don't feel anything. I don't see anything. It's in an unseen world. It's in another dimension, but it's dwelling right amongst us. 
and God has given me a gift to be sensitive to his presence, he's here. He's here. And if he's here, things are going to happen here, okay? Because God makes things, come on, happen. (laughs) He's a happening God. Praise God. Well, God wants to make something happen in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus taught about the parables, or he taught many parables. The greatest parable was the parable of the sower and seed, and that's what he's talking about here. We just read Mark. And he said, if you don't understand this parable, you'll never understand any of the mysteries of the parables. And basically the crux of this parable is the sower sows the word. What is the word? Anybody? Come on. The word of God, right? And the only way you can grow as a believer is to receive what? The word of God where? In your mind or in your heart? In your heart. Because faith is created in your heart, not your mind. You know, your mind can tell you all kinds of things. Your mind thinks all kinds of weird thoughts. Your mind can doubt a lot of things. But it's the heart is where you believe. You say, where's the heart? Well, everybody knows you got a heart here that's beating, hopefully. <laughs> Just think of the mind is your intellect, okay? The heart is your real you. It's your emotions. It's your will, okay? It's, what, it's really your personality, who you are. The Bible says man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. So you meet somebody and you go, you're fine, you're fine looking, you know. (laughs) But you don't know what they're like on the inside, right? You don't know anything about them, right? So we judge people by the outside. And the world is so much like that, you know. There could be some real creeps out there that have really made a lot of money and been very successful. Can I hear an amen? And there could be some great people as well. But I'm saying nobody knows, only God knows, and they know about the true self. Jesus is concerned about your heart. And the word of God, the scripture, the Bible must be planted in your heart. And if you plant the word, which we're doing right now, and you're receiving it, what will happen? Come on, you Bible students. What will grow? Come on. Faith. Faith will grow. And when faith increases, you can do more for God and experience more of God in your life. If you don't have faith, you can't please God. Do you believe that? It's true. There's only one way to please God, and that's through faith. No, 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 Pastor. I got to go out there and show how good I am. You know, I'm a good person. God sees it, and I'm. You know, I don't cuss, and I don't go with those who do. And I'm a real cool dude or dudess. You know, and that's why God likes me. No, the only thing that impresses God is the fact that you believe. That's it, guys. Because when you believe, you receive. You receive more of him. And when you receive more of him, you become more like, come on, him. Do you want to become more like Jesus? There's no one like Jesus. No one ever that lived, ever will live. And uh, we want to be more like him. You ever been around somebody you like and you go, I like them. I want to be around them. Yeah. Well, I really like Jesus. And I really want to be around him. So I haven't seen Jesus. Is he walking around? He's here, but he's in the spiritual realm, right? He was here on earth over 2,000 years ago in a physical form. But now he's in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. And he sent his Holy Spirit, the presence of God, to dwell on the earth. He's here right now. He might be in the front seat. I'm almost certain there are angels in here. And I'm not talking about the baseball team. But God's divine agents are here with us. Amen? I've got a revelation once of, this, you might say, Pastor, you're out there. But I saw my angel. He's a big guy. I mean, angels are male. They're men. 
Now, I know you've seen those little, little babies that look like angels. <laughs> you ever seen a picture of that? Come on, you've seen those. The Bible says angels are males. They're men, okay? But they're not sexual beings like we are. But they take the male pronoun like God is a he, not a she. Now, if you're offended by that, don't get mad at me. Read the Bible, okay? It's not about whether you're male or female from our perspective, but God is known by the, the male pronoun, him, he, right? I am that I am, right? But yet God was born of a woman. What woman? What's her name? Mary, did you know? Mary, the mother of Jesus. And she conceived of Jesus by what? The Holy Spirit. She didn't have sexual intimacy with anybody. Say, that's impossible. Yeah, it is impossible to have a child. But with God, all things are possible. And uh, Mary got pregnant and didn't know how. And an angel appeared and said, Mary, you're pregnant. And you know what? You're going to have a baby. You're going to call the name his name Jesus. And she said, but I, I've never known a man. And the Lord says, that's right. You have conceived of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the seed of God is in you. Do you understand what that means? That's a pretty big deal. That's why Mary is remembered as the greatest woman that ever lived. The mother of Jesus, right? Now, that just can't happen. The virgin birth is a true bona fide miracle. And uh, yet it did happen. And uh, it's a truth. God became flesh and dwelt among us. Hallelujah. And that's how Jesus began as a physical person, as a human being. But after he was resurrected, which we talked about on Easter, uh, he went back to heaven, and now he's in spiritual form through the Holy Spirit. But we can still know him just like we knew him on this planet when we weren't there. I always said, Lord, I always wanted to be a disciple. It would have been really cool to have been one of the twelve. Not Judas, though, thank you. <laughs> he's the one that betrayed Jesus. But the Lord told me, he says, you know what? Now, I appreciate that, and I think that's great. You wanted to be one of the twelve. But you know what? It might be better to be in the end than the beginning. And we're at the end now, guys. Jesus is coming back again. And so it's pretty cool to be living right now. Everybody say amen. And give thanks. You're alive. And we could see the second coming of Christ in our lifetime. I've been prophesying that there's a spiritual revival that's beginning right now around the world. And we believe that millions of people are going to come to faith in Jesus Christ, just like on that balmy night in Palm Springs, California, the Jesus movement, which I never really finished that, but we'll talk about that later as the days and weeks go on. Um, but when I came to the Lord, that was a spiritual revival. Well, it's happening again right now. God repeats things. History repeats itself. And this revival will impact, I believe, the whole world with the gospel of Christ. Do you want to be a part of that? I know I do. And you can be a part of it just Surrender your will and say, Lord, use me. Whatever my gifts are, anoint me, use me. I want to invest in the Lord's army. I want to be part of the Lord's army. And you know what God will do? He'll promote you. Promotion doesn't come from the east or west. It comes from the Lord. Only God can promote you, and he loves to promote his people. All right, very quickly, and we're going to close. I got through the first paragraph. <laughs> so, oh, boy, I'm glad he's not preaching a long one today. <laughs> I could probably preach a little longer. One time Paul was preaching, and uh, there was a kid in the window upstairs, <clears throat> I don't know, probably a teenager, and he fell asleep. I mean, a lot of people fall asleep. Hey, anybody? Uh, I was just trying to see if somebody's asleep. But people do fall asleep during sermons, right? Maybe you've been one. Um, if, you know, the worst sin of a preacher, you know what it is? 
being boring. Am I right? I mean, if you can put somebody to sleep while you're preaching, you might want to think about doing something else in life. <laughs> but uh, Paul was a great preacher, but this kid was tired, okay? So he fell asleep, and Paul was preaching all night. Okay, don't worry, I'm not going all night. we got five minutes. <laughs> uh, the kid fell out of the window while he was asleep and fell out of a two-story window and hit the ground and died. And Paul went, oh, my gosh. He ran down, and he fell on the kid. He prayed for the kid. It's a true story in the Bible. And he prayed that life would come back, and the life came back into the kid, and he raised him from the dead. Wow. Okay? What's that got to do with preaching? Well, that's a pretty amazing miracle. But the fact is that God loves his people, and he does dramatic and wonderful changes in our life. And here's a kid who falls asleep, and God raises him from the dead. Do you think that changed his life? I think so. <laughs> so we'll never understand the kingdom of God until we understand faith, and that's why I'm teaching on faith. And we're going to close very soon. Faith operates in the unseen world. Uh, as we read in our opening text, we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus said we must have believing faith or faith that works and brings about positive results. We're not talking about a textbook thing. We're talking about reality. Faith is believing, which is faith in action. Faith says I have the answer now, not tomorrow, but right now. I believe I have it now. Well, I don't see it. You know, you're real sick and you say, I'm healed. You look pretty sick to me, dude. Yeah, but I believe I'm healed, right? Well, what are you talking about? My faith says I'm healed, not my circumstances. We walk by faith and not by sight. And you keep believing God and you wake up one day and go, whoo, I'm healed. Now it happened. See, that's how faith works. You believe first, then you receive. A lot of people say, well, I'll believe when I see it. Thomas said, I'll believe Jesus is raised from the dead if I could put my finger in the holes in his hands. And Jesus appeared and said, okay, Thomas, go ahead. Take a shot at it. There's holes there. And he did. He said, Thomas... Blessed are those who believe who have seen. You believe because you see, but blessed are those who believe that have not seen. That's us, guys. That's faith. That's faith in action. Faith says we have the answer now, even if circumstances have not changed. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church. We hope your faith was stirred up today. If you're in Southern California, come check us out. Come visit us at 10 a.m. every Sunday. You can find out our address by visiting irvinelighthouse.org. And if you're not in the area, you can listen live every Sunday on Facebook and Instagram. And look forward to next week as we're continuing our series on faith. (laughs) 